Hello, my friends. Welcome to The Space in Between. We are at episode 129, and we are exploring today fear with our dear friend and nomad guide, body talk facilitator, Coco Fish. And she'll be with us in just a little bit. But yes, we're in the space in between now, and this is where we explore various stories and perspectives of all the spaces in between. And and today we are exploring the spaces of fear and how to sit with fear, how to make friends with fear, how to lean into it, and how can we still play with joy in those spaces of fear. So I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Coco just yesterday with you all in just a little bit, but a couple of announcements that are happening in Nomadland. I am now on the other side of it, my friends. I announced last week that my book would be coming out, and now here it is. Dear Radiant One is out into the world. It, My words, my story, the practices that helped me through my own journey can be in your hands right now. Dear Radiant One is out in retailers all around the world. You can go find it definitely at Amazon. By the time this is being released, it will also be on all retailers online. And you can also visit phoebeleona.com to find out more. And you can get a signed copy if you purchase it over there. Yeah. And I just have to say, I feel so good. I cannot wait to share this with you. So. I'll talk a little bit more about it in our conversation with Coco, but I do want to touch on this, what our theme has been since we've been back from our break um, in the space in between. And it is, it's weaving together the book where we explore the emotions and the radiance of emotions. So in my book, we look at what we call the shadow emotions, those emotions that we probably don't really want to deal with on a day-to-day basis, like anger and fear, and shame, and guilt, and loneliness. And then we also explore the lighter emotions, like joy, and gratitude, and confidence, and connection. And we, we do this in a way that where we're not trying to get rid of the what we call the shadow emotions, but we learn how to give them expression, how to play with them, and know that these energies are moving through us, and for us, and with us. To create a really beautiful world. And so we learn how to embody the radiance of all of the emotions. And so what we're doing in these next several weeks, maybe a month or two, is we're exploring that here in conversations with our friends, our guests that are coming on uh, the space in between. So last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had Mike Melios, one of our nomad guides and one of my dear friends. We explored cultivating joy in the times of uncertainty. And so we looked at, you know, how do we sit with joy in these times of the unknown, of the chaos? And we explore that a bit too today when we look at fear with Coco today. We sit in those spaces where we might be afraid of the unknown, of those uncertain times. But spoiler alert, Uh, everything is uncertain. Everything is the unknown. So how do we make friends when fear comes up? And how do we still, joy still comes into this conversation today. How do we still lean in and invite joy into those spaces with a fear? So we'll be having more of these really important conversations as we go with special guests. We have one of our nomad teachers and, and guides as well. Leah, she will be on 
with us next week talking about grief. We have a few of our other beautiful guides like Amy Susie. She'll be here and we're going to talk a bit about the chaos and anxiety and how to use all of these, you know, lots of different ideas. Multi, she's going to talk about being a multi-passionate person and how we can use our inspiration, our enthusiasm, but not get lost in the chaos. And we also have one of our dear nomad guides, Annette, who will be joining us to discussing how to find connection in this in these times where it still feels a little bit lonely, especially if you're out there and you are somebody who serves the world and sometimes feels like you're shouting out into the void in social media. So we're going to have a conversation around that. And we have so many other amazing guests coming up too. We're going to talk about um, these various radiant emotions. So speaking of guides and, and, and feeling lonely, I do want to invite you. Another announcement that's happening in Nomadland is we have a new guides program that's happening at the Nomad Collective where we're inviting in healers, facilitators, teachers, coaches, anybody who is serving the world to make it a better world, we're providing a space for you to feel connected again. Because what I was noticing going back into social media after taking a break was, oh, there's so much noise. There's so much what I was feeling, desperation. There's so many good people out there who want to change the world. But they have to do this. They have to show up on social media like this and they have to put their reels together and they have to do, um, you know, X amount of the posts a day. And, you know, you have to be over here and show up here. And, but you have to also do this, you know, newsletter here. And there's so much overwhelm and you probably feel quite alone doing it all, just trying to get a few clients in. So what we're offering in the Nomad Collective is a space for you to feel supported. So we have weekly sessions where I'm holding space for you to just come and kind of lay down what is it that you are having struggles with and how can we support you. But also I'm offering you practical tools to work with. So I've had a lot of experience over the years through owning Nomad and and my other you know various projects that I've done outside of Nomad where I'm offering you my knowledge and my wisdom to help you build whatever it is you're creating. So this month in our collective, we're talking about the overwhelm of marketing and how to show up clearly and concisely in an authentic way with integrity and not feel overwhelmed. And next month, we're going to explore how to build retreats. Uh, The month after that, we're going to explore how to build an evergreen program. And we have some a lot of other things like becoming a published author because I have now added that little beautiful thing to my to my list to my resume of things that I have done. So I'm offering you all of the wisdom and guidance and, and knowledge that I have from my experiences and giving them to you for you to make your dreams come true as somebody who's serving the world and, and making this world a better place. And then we're also providing a platform for you to share your wisdom to the people who are searching for you directly, right? So you're not shouting out into the void of, of Instagram or Facebook or TikTok going, hey, is anybody listening? No, these people are already looking for you. And we're providing a space for you to share what it is that you have to offer this world. So you can go find out more about the guides program at thenomadcollective.org. We have it there right on our homepage and you can explore all the other beautiful offerings that we have, including 
Our retreats, speaking of retreats, in Costa Rica with me November 12th through the 19th, I will be leading an embodied radiance retreat where we will have yoga in the morning. We'll do a movement 109 in the evening. There'll be a bit of writing and explorations throughout the entire retreat to dive in deeper into your own radiant brilliance that you are. And uh, for those of you who are interested in the Movement 109 facilitator training, I will also have the option for you to dive into that and become a Movement 109 facilitator and join our global Movement 109 facilitators that are around the world now. Officially, we just graduated a beautiful group last night who are taking Movement 109 out into the world. So those are some of the... uh, Those are some of the happenings that are happening in our nomad land. We'd love to have you there. Just go ahead and visit thenomadcollective.org to find out more. And last thing I'll say before I pass it off to Coco is that we, if you enjoy this podcast, if you listen to this conversation today with Coco and you say, oh, this is somebody, one of my friends needs to hear this conversation, share it share it with them. Please help us spread this word. This is how we grow is having you be a co-participant, co-create with us, share it, subscribe to this podcast, review it, let us know how it goes. And then also, if you want to support it and keep it ad-free, donate just $11 a month so you can keep this ad free. We're not going to interrupt in the middle of the conversations with an ad. It's just us sharing our wisdom, sharing our love, sharing the value that we have to offer you. And you will also receive invites to our free events that are happening at the Nomad Collective all month long, or every month, I should say. So if you donate $11 a month, it keeps us ad free. And you also get to have some experiences with us at the Nomad Collective. All right, my friends, let's go ahead now and dive into the spaces in between of fear with Coco. All right. So I am here with one of my dearest friends and nomad guide, Coco. And Coco, you were on what you were probably on maybe about a year ago or maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I I think think it it was was about a year ago because I remember it was um, summertime. It was very hot and I was in New York. It was like a hot day. And I, I remember yeah. <laughs> okay. So it might have also it might have even been almost like two years because I know we were doing our our healer circle and we were talking about that. So ooh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's do a little catch up for those who um are new to you. So first of all, welcome Coco and welcome to the space in between. And yeah, for those, those of you who ha- didn't listen to your first episode with us, um, where are you? And actually, where are you now? Because that shifted. Yeah. And um, what are you offering to the world these days? All right. So I am currently based in Los Angeles. I moved here in October of last year. And I had lived here before. Long story. I've kind of lived in many places in between. Um, and then ended up back in New York, which is pretty much where I grew up since I was about 10 years old. Um, and then when I was in New York, I just had such a strong call to go back to LA. I had created a bit of a community there for myself and, you know, through all my trainings, different healer communities. And um, every time I had taken a trip back out to LA, 
I could just feel so connected to the earth here and to the people. And I just felt so much more expansive. So I, I just did it. I moved back here in October. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I love that you said that you've lived all, all different places in between, because here we are in nomad land in the space in between. Exactly. And, uh, and we, and we're kindred spirits because we met, um, for those of you who didn't hear the first podcast is that we met at a breathwork facilitator training, uh, almost three years ago is 2019. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were both in a very much a transitional state. And we knew that there were, there was going to be traveling involved and moving around and finding our, our quote unquote new home. So that's how we were drawn together. And of course, just this connection of our friendship um, has grown since then. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, and you are, well, we just mentioned a breathwork facilitator, but you also have other beautiful medicine and wisdom. So what are you sharing? So I, I do several different modalities of healing. And the main one I do is called body talk, which I, I think we went into pretty deeply last time, right? If I remember correctly. A little bit. Yeah, you can do a little t- recap for the our new friends. Okay, if you'd so like. um, basically it's a holistic healing system that really looks at balancing and harmonizing all the different bodies. So not just the physical body, but also the energetic, the emotional and the mental bodies as well. And it really looks at uh, tuning in with the client's innate healing wisdom and seeing what their innate wants to prioritize and what what innate is saying needs to be balanced out first in order for the body to do what it is designed to do naturally which is to self-heal and sometimes Mm -hmm. we just we just get things that you know get stuck in our systems and act as stressors that kind of prevent or derail the body from being able to fully get back to wholeness and wellness. So body talk really helps to just tap into innate and, and revive uh, the, the self-healing of innate. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I've had a few sessions with you mostly virtual, but then when I visited you earlier, like about a month ago, we had the first like tech, like, in-person session, yeah. which was really, really special. Did it feel um, doing the, the in-person one? You know, I have to say, um, it did definitely felt different. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are out there who haven't had this experience, so when we were working remotely through Zoom, you we were having a whole session where you were basically telling me to tap, right? Like there were places where I was tapping on my body, but you were also doing it on yourself mm-hmm. as a healing, right? For me. Yeah. And, but then when we were in person, I was just laying there basically like in Shavasana for, um, and you were, you were doing the tapping and you were doing the hands-on work. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it was very interesting because, and I'll talk, I can talk more about this later but I, I'm, I've been shifting a lot from this doing to receiving the past year or so. And this word of mine this year is receive. And it was interesting to have that experience where I was participating. I was like this co-participate in the other experiences, but then to have this one where I was just fully receiving. 
um, it was just really lovely. And I felt like that was exactly what needed to happen. That, that process with you for the past couple of years, when I've been working with you to, it was almost like the universe was like, okay, you've done quote unquote, your work, Phoebe. Now just lay back and receive. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's true. It is um, definitely when I do the sessions on zoom with someone, it is a little more interactive in the sense that the client is actually kind of doing the work, you know, they're putting their hands on different parts of their bodies and they're doing the tapping and mm -hmm. there ends up being more conversation too, because it's not a hands-on session. Um, but mm -hmm. when it is in person and it, it's hands-on, then people just fully relax, you know, and, and sometimes clients actually even fall asleep <laughs> and that's totally, I think I might have, yeah. I think I might have for a minute. I think I did like for a few, few moments or something. I was sort of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. I've had clients full yeah. on snoring during a session. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting because this will transition, transition into our talk today. Cause we wanted to with this idea of fear. Yeah. Um, but I just had a conversation with one of my teachers, Jean Marie, who you know, and we were talking about these messages. Like she was talking to a psychic who was saying, you know, stop, you're just getting in the way. You're doing too much. You're getting in the way. And that was a message that I was also receiving this past year for myself too, of like, stop doing so much. Mm -hmm. Just, and that's kind of what you know, that journey has been with working with you of, you know, doing this co-participant, you know, as interactive where I was doing. And then it was like, okay, now just lean back and receive. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that is a deeply embedded pattern for so many of us mm -hmm. in the West, like the Western mind. But I also think it's really more for women. I mean, I can't really say that, but I feel like I'm having a lot of these conversations with women recently about this shift from doing to being. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of, um, it's that fear. There's like this, these deeply embedded patterns of fear in there. So I don't know. Let's start there, maybe. Because you're lighting up and I can see you're like, yes, I have so much to say yeah. about that. I totally agree with you. And I think a, a big part of it is, um, you know, women are, are starting to gain more equality in terms of like going up to the level of where men have <laughs> always been in terms of like work and making money and, and mm -hmm. putting themselves out there. Um, and so there's, there's almost this energy of, oh my God, no, I can't go back to that. Like, um, more passive, receptive state, right? Because I'm supposed to be now the action-driven, masculine, kind of mm -hmm. uh, left brain uh, person now. So yeah, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I definitely feel mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why so many women these days are having a hard time just being in that receptive role because it's it's still a fight to to be up there and um to be equal yeah. with men yeah. yeah yeah and the word that you said just then is fight mm -hmm. and that that makes me think of the fight or flight right response which is the sympathetic nervous system which is our fight or flight it's when we're stressed yeah. we go into that hyper state or or hypo arousal state right we could go into the freeze mode and it is it's almost like 
we've been trying to prove ourselves for so long and it was necessary. I definitely am not saying like we should have just been laid back. No, of as course. Living, no, but like absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's this paradigm shift. I mean, that's the word that's been happening, you know, a conversation that's been happening in our circles for a bit of time now that there's a big paradigm shift, not only women, but, but men too, we're going into this whole new paradigm shift. And I would love to dance around this idea of fear um, when this paradigm shift today, if, if you want to just see where that takes us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fear. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah, let's just start with fear. Yeah, let's <laughs> dive right in. Um, yeah. Where to start with fear? I mean, it's, I think it's everywhere right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think the energy of it is so strong and particularly with what's happening in the world right now. And you know, what, what the media is portraying 24 seven, it's just instilling fear in so many of us. And fear is such a palpable energy. Like it's, it's really one of those like spreads like rapid fire. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm finding it more challenging to stay centered and to be, you know, in a state of non-fear um, because of just how much is, is out there right now. So yeah, <laughs> on, a, on a physiological level, I feel that it's basically very counterproductive to to be in this fear mode right now because we're we're scared of our health right and we're scared mm-hmm. of death and and all of these big things and the fear energy creates more of that illness and mm-hmm. drives us closer to death and mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I i don't know i i saw you wanted to hop in there somewhere sorry No, no, I'm just nodding my head because I completely resonate with what you're saying. And I'm curious to know, you know, are you seeing this more and more with your clients? um, This, this repetitive pattern of people sitting with fear in their body? What does that look like? Maybe? Absolutely. Um, Well, for, for me personally, over the past few years, I've dealt with a lot of fear that was kind of a, a new experience for me. I mean, we, we all have fear and, and fear can also be a very helpful and natural experience to have. Um, but as I mentioned in, in our first podcast together, I, in 2016, I got very ill with a mysterious kind of chronic illness that lasted many years. And um, I had a lot of fear come up around that because of these uncontrollable, scary symptoms that were essentially debilitating. Um, And so I had to experience like a new relationship with fear. And and I I really got to learn how strongly it impacts our physiology and how, um, how much it can fry the nervous system too. So now when I see clients who are really dealing with a lot of fear, I, it so resonates for me. I can, I can understand that experience so well. Whereas before, if, if I had been working with clients before I got so ill, I don't think I would have understood it to that extent, you know? Um, but, but yeah, the way it affects people's bodies and, the, and, and where it's stuck in the body as well, like the energy of fear, 
uh, can be very intense. Uh, yes, definitely. And I, you know, I, I completely, I completely resonate with this idea of you had to have gone through it yourself before you could really understand and, and be that space of a healer. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I speak a lot about that too. Um, whenever I share my story as well, it's like somehow universe gave us this, these scenarios yeah. so that we could be of service. Um, and I'm curious to know through your work, are you seeing, are you seeing patterns and where, like you said, where fear is sitting in the body? Mm. Yeah. So, um, in body talk in particular, I mean, I, I, yeah. The other modalities, I, I can see yeah. it from different vantage points, but yeah. in body talk, the modality is based a lot on the principles of Chinese medicine. And okay. so in Chinese medicine, fear is held in the kidneys, right? That's the, yeah. um, the, the organs where, uh, where we see the fear energy stored. Yeah. So from that sense, yeah, it's been coming up a lot in the kidney and adrenal area as well. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you if you just have a regular conversation with somebody um, and they start describing their symptoms of fear, they, they tend to describe it actually in terms of the digestive system, right? Like they'll get mm -hmm. uh, this nervous sensation in the stomach. They'll feel like they need to throw up or they need to go to the bathroom right away. Um, they'll feel maybe like a pit or a, a stab in the stomach even. So it's very much uh, core centered, but yeah. yeah, I, so I would say the, the kidneys, the adrenals, and then also just where, where are the clients feeling it? So in the, in the core. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you just, you just graduated last night. Yeah. Uh, movement. What? <laughs> From Movement 109 facilitator training. So you also have that in your bag as a Movement 109 facilitator. And, and what we share in, in that practice, that modality is you going through the subtle body through the chakra system. And so the root chakra is the first chakra. And it's it's very similar. I think I think it resonates with the Chinese medicine too, a lot of Eastern medicine. It seems like there's a lot of similarities, but then there's a bit of like there's some differences, but for the most part, yeah, I see a lot of the similarities, you know, for, so for root, for those who um, don't know what the root chakra is, it's primarily in the physical body being the feet, the legs, the hips, the base of the pelvis, like the pelvic floor, but that's where also the adrenals are. And yeah, the kidneys are more like lower back and that's maybe like second or third chakra for some people. But I also see that digestion too, because you see that when you go into that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, what are the, what are the systems that shut down digestive system, reproductive system. Yeah. And when, when we're going for so long where we kind of shut those systems down because we are just surviving, right. Then all of that gets off. Like we see women who can't, you know, have babies because their reproductive system. So out of the whack or, or like you said, in digestive, um, any of anybody's like has just all of those symptoms that you spoke to. So I could totally see that, um, Absolutely. also being, yeah, yeah it's like all, how it all manifests. Those, oh, sorry. Um, no, no. Like all, all the processes you just mentioned, we need to be in that parasympathetic mode, right? 
if we're in a sympathetic fear, fight flight mode, forget it. All those un quote unquote unnecessary processes in the body kind of shut down, right? And we go to like yeah. the very essential needs of the body. Um, yeah. But it's it's funny because when you were talking about the root chakra um, and how it's a it's a little bit different in terms of Chinese medicine and then yeah. the chakra system, um, I was thinking about how. In Chinese medicine, they talk about the the sacrum as the ancestral bone of the body, mm-hmm. and that is that root, right? And so that makes me think mm-hmm. about how, you know, we have our own fears, of course, but then we also mm-hmm. carry ancestral fears that are, oh. I think, deeply embedded in the system, and it's very much connected to the root chakra. That that like ancestral. Uh, connection and if the root is imbalanced you can feel like you're not part of this earth like you're you don't have a home or a family or you want to leave this planet right <laughs> so I, yeah. I the root fear goes very deep yeah oh and I said I got chills when you were speaking about that because yeah the sacrum is they call like that means sacred bone Right. And it's connects, it connects the, it's that bone in the middle that connects the the pelvis, those big hip bones to the spine. I know, you know this, but for our friends out there, (laughs) it's always good for me to get an anatomy lesson too. From a, from a different perspective, yeah. <laughs> right. But I've always thought, because I remember going to a chiropractor in college because I was having, that was the first time I was starting to have some hip and lower back stuff mm-hmm. going on. And I had this chiropractor was telling me about the sacrum being the sacred bone and how it connects, you know, this pelvis to the spine. And it's this kind of like this energy center, right? Because it's also homing our nervous system through the sacrum, through the spine, to the, the, the brain. So um, it is, it's like, kind of like the mother, the motherboard in a way. Yes, absolutely. Um, I never really put it into words like that, but like having that, what you said, ancestral, it's like carrying the mother. Because yeah. the, um, the sacral chakras tends to be like more of that feminine energy, um, that more receptive, that where we literally create life in the, in the body for the for women. So um, I can see this idea of the mother wound and you and I, I don't mind talking about my private session with you, but we have talked about um, fear and you actually said at one point, like this actually isn't the fear. It's not your fear. You actually said, this is your mother's fear that you're carrying. And we did a whole sequence where you had me tap in various areas to release that. So it's all kind of coming full circle. Right now, I feel like I'm in a session with you. <laughs> oh, another layer of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm glad you brought that up too, because what we take on energetically from our mothers is massive. And you could do a whole session just clearing and balancing that out um, mm-hmm. in terms of like your time in gestation. So in, in the mother's yeah. world, you could do a whole full on session just clearing that because as you're developing in the mother's womb, you're, you're getting imprinted with everything that's going on for her in her body in her chemistry in her energy and her environment. You, so, you know, I mean, 
some people say you come out a clean slate, but I actually feel that we already come out with carrying a lot of um, baggage from, from what our mothers are carrying, you know? Yeah. If they haven't done like their own healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, they have, you know, it's, it skips generations too. So maybe your mother did a lot of clearing. Like I, I know that I was, you know, I developed in a mother who did quite a lot of <laughs> work on herself and who mm. cleared a lot for herself, but my grandma certainly hadn't and grandma before that and before and before. So I, I yeah. really do think it's, um, yeah, it, it goes through the generations for sure. Yeah. And we might've talked about this. I know maybe just not on podcast land, but one-on-one, but even through so many of breathwork sessions, I've had so many experiences where it's my mother or it's my grandmother. And I'm seeing like this ancestry of the feminine, um, even just more of the collective mother where I've had these experiences. And I know so many other people, maybe you have too, that have had that through breathwork where um, some people who have done plant or animal medicine where they're going through this um, experience of healing the, the like bigger mother wound. And oh, uh, it just made me think of something. Have you seen, um, have you seen this little meme? Oh, wait, what's our friend? I'll call it Meme. 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 <laughs> I, I have a few, um, you know, European friends who call it meme. Meme. <laughs> yeah, a meme or meme. But have you seen this? Yeah, have you seen this little? I don't even know if it's considered a, a meme, but it's um like this little kind of cartoon of these two little embryos, and they're having this conversation about like meeting mother, and one one twin in, in the womb is like, "Oh, are you so excited to meet mother?" And the other one's like there's no mother. What are you talking about? And they're having this whole conversation of like, what's out there when they're born. And I feel like that when I have those breathwork experiences, I feel like I have a little touch of that. Like Mm. there's something bigger beyond here. And we don't really know, but some of us do have this feeling like, oh, there's going to be something after death. Some people think that, no, that's it. We're done. Right. So, and that's what, basically, that's what this meme is about is, you know, these two little beings going out into like what they think is birth, but, you know, we're also kind of mirroring what we think is death. That's amazing. So, I have not seen that, but I would love for you to send that to me, please. I'll, I'll try to find it. And if I can find like a link, I'll put it in our show notes too, for our friends out there. Mm. Um, it just kind of pops up into my consciousness every once in a while, but, you know, I, I would love to kind of touch on, cause last week we had, or a couple of weeks ago, we had Mike, one of our other nomad guides mm. chat. And he was on talking about cultivating joy in these times of, of uncertainty. And now we're here. It was, it just sort of lined up with our schedules, but I feel like where we're talking, what we're talking about today with fear feels very much like organically moving right into this idea of joy despite, yeah, um, this fear or this anxiety or, or whatever fill in the blank uncertainty. So, um, how do you feel about joy in the times of fear? What does that look like for you? That feels really good to me. And it honestly feels like 
it's the only solution and the only way to balance out that fear and not get too deeply trapped within it is to cultivate joy and find the joy in e- even just the smallest things. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of when I was really at, at my sickest and just, just wanted to totally give up. And my mom would always say to me, just pick one, one little thing today that brings you just the smallest ounce of joy. And she would say, you know, just drink your cup of tea and, and give mm-hmm. gratitude for how amazing the tea makes you feel and how warming it is and what a ritual it is, you know? And I truly think that that practice is what got me through the hardest part of that mm-hmm. illness was just finding the little joys and the little pleasures in simple things. And, and then from there, it sort of snowballs and you start to feel more joyful each day. Right. And then you start to notice, Oh, so many things around me can bring me joy and and I can bring myself so much joy with what I do, you know? So I, I think it's absolutely crucial to, to have a practice that's similar to that. Yeah. Mm. So what does that look like for you these days? If you have some sort of formal practice of joy? Yeah. Um, these days it looks different every day. I sometimes I get into this mode of being, you know, in this routine and and being quite rigid with with my practices, but these days I I do actually feel that allowing myself more flexibility and spontaneity is bringing me joy. So, mm-hmm. it looks a little different each day, but definitely some sort of ceremony, whether it's just lighting a candle and meditating with the candle or doing some sort of movement. I mean, movement 109 for me brings so much joy because it's, it really allows me to move in my body in this way that nothing else does, you know, it's, it's, Mm it's truly beautiful. So yeah, things like that. Uh, What brings me the most joy right now is being out in nature. So I try to go as frequently as possible to walk on the beach during sunset and, you know, ground with my bare feet, Um, talking to friends, you know, that's, that brings a lot of joy. Um, Yeah. There's so many things and and yeah, I, and I also love exploring new things too. Right. So yeah. 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 Curiosity. Yeah. Um, I, I love that, you know, I, I don't know if I talk, I've talked to you about my unstructured, uh, playtime for joy. Have I talked to you about that? My little I don't know system. If you have. I would love to. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what it's just like, basically like a way of, you know, creating structure with no structure. It's exactly what you said. You know, I was finding the same thing for me too, for a handful of years ago when I was teaching so many yoga teacher trainings and I was, there's so much structure around my practices, right? I had to, you know, do a certain amount of time with my physical practice and meditation because I, you know, if I was going to teach yoga, I had to be a good yogi too. And, but there was no joy in it. So I released that pressure and just, basically what you just said, you know, getting up one day and sometimes it's writing in my journal, sometimes it's dancing and 
Um, but it's this very intentional because I stayed with you and I feel like you're very intentional with it. Like, I love the word you said, ceremony, right? Like, even if it is just, I'm going to light a candle here today and that's my practice. That's my ritual. That's my joy. Um, that, that's basically what it is. It's just, you know, putting a stamp on it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is my joy next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unstructured playtime for joy, but it's actually putting it on the calendar, right? So you're intentional about it, setting up a place. Maybe it is in your home. Maybe it's going out into nature, but being very intentional of how you're going to spend it. Because a lot of times for me, I found that especially during the pandemic, when we were in lockdown, like everything's right there and you're so easily distracted. It's like, oh, I'm going to give myself this free time. And then all of a sudden you're just on social media, doing absolutely nothing and not bringing any joy to your life at all, right? Or, or doing something else that's sort of crappy. And it's like, how did I get down this rabbit hole? Right. right? And it's not anything that's bringing you joy. So it's just being that and kind of creating that time and space with intention for joy. Um, so I love that we both found that intuitively yeah. uh, on our own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say that, um, well, I kind of lost my train of thought actually, but it's, I just think it's so, so important for, for everyone in this world right now to focus a little less on the fear mongering and <laughs> a little more on what, what brings you inspiration and joy and, and pleasure. And I, I don't, I think there's this um, feeling or this um, sentiment that in difficult, like during difficult times, it's selfish or um, irresponsible to, to do something that brings you joy and that makes you feel good, right? Like if some mm -hmm. people are suffering, everybody should be suffering. And I, I actually think on, like from an energetic perspective, that just exacerbates everybody's suffering, <laughs> including mm -hmm. the people who are really, really suffering. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's a similar idea to this concept of filling your own cup before you can help others out, right? Before you fill other people's mm -hmm. cups. So yeah, just cultivating that joy right now, because otherwise we're just going to keep being stuck in this loop of fear and anxiety and uh, worrying about the future, which it's not yeah. always so helpful. <laughs> yeah. I have a big smile on my face because that's exactly what uh, Mike and I were talking about when he was on too, was, you know, having this joy in our life, even though life looks real crappy outside. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he's a veteran and he was in Afghanistan and he was actually sitting there with bombs going over his head and saying, I hope my family is having a good time. Like he's actually praying that. And and that felt so good to hear him say that because I have sat there too, like what you were speaking of. Honestly, right now, a lot of great things are happening in my life and I feel a lot happier than I have in so many years. And I do pop in and look at the news for five minutes and yeah, it doesn't look good. But, and I, I have a moment where I feel guilty, like, oh, should I be worried? Should I, you know, do more? And 
And I sit and I'm like, this isn't a selfish place. This is actually what we're supposed to be doing if, as healers to be helping us raise this you know, vibration. If that's something that you believe in out there, like we're raising this vibration or we're in this expansive state of being collectively, then that is sort of what our job is, right? To be the change. Absolutely. That, and that brings to mind this idea of uh, being the lighthouse, like rather than mm-hmm trying to push your ideals onto other people and try to make them change and see things the way you do. And like, Hey, just be joyful, you know, <laughs> like, just, <laughs> to do that. just do that for yourself and become the lighthouse and shine your light so brightly that inevitably people will be attracted to your light and they'll start coming closer mm-hmm. and they'll be like, Ooh, what's she doing that that's bringing her so much joy and light in her life. And they're going to feel inspired, like from within themselves to do something similar. And yeah, Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I love that idea of the lighthouse. I, I kind of want to go somewhere. It's going to be in the same area, but we were starting to have a conversation last night in movement 109 about this idea of expansion Mm-hmm. and and this and we'll call it this emotion of joy and I was telling my personal story and you started to talk a little bit and I want to go a little deeper with yours so first I'll just for the listeners out there I'll tell them my experience and then we can go into yours so what I was saying was something that I just realized for myself and I mean is it was consciously there but I didn't know the like the depth of it was how I was always, when I had a joyful experience, I automatically was like waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like this is going to not go well. And it, and it, that's this whole idea of joy is fleeting. Mm -hmm. And what I was realizing, it was the story that I share in the book, um, Dear Radiant One, little plug. Um, But yeah, so I share a story and you know, because you read it, um, that there was a night like Valentine's day and my dad came home and he brought us all these gifts and it was this joyful experience. He's going to take us out for dinner. And then, he, but what it happened was, yes, we we're having this great time, but he also had a drinking problem. And so he started drinking and it turned into a very scary night where he threw all of the gifts against the wall and, they, and the plants broke and everything. And so that was this deeply embedded pattern of mine that something's good, something's right around the corner that's not good. And I, like I said, I sort of knew that to a certain extent, but that something really deeply hit me uh, just like in the past week or two of like, whoa, this has got to change. And so when the book came out, this why I was telling you all yesterday was because the book came out and I decided not to get excited because I feel like this need to rewire my nervous system not that I'm not excited and I'm not joyful, but I'm rewiring how my body feels joy and experiences joy. This is a place of expansion. And you were really nodding and you spoke a little bit, but I have a feeling you have a lot more to say. So I'd love to hear. Absolutely. Well, what you shared, well, just now and also last night really made sense and it resonated so much. And I, I certainly didn't have the experience that you had, but I can definitely 
think of many times when I got my hopes up about something and I got very overly excited and then immediately something shifted and the thing that was supposed to happen didn't happen or the relationship that was supposed to be amazing wasn't amazing or whatever it was. And then you feel this huge like nosedive down, down to the depths. Right. And, um, I, I think it's really natural for all of us to have this defense mechanism come up from those experiences. And, and like you, you were saying last night too, you physically would brace yourself mm-hmm. and your, your body would get tight and contracted every time you were feeling some sort of excitement because mm-hmm. your nervous system had stored this memory of oh no excitement leads to something bad at the end so Mm -hmm. it's just it's really fascinating how our nervous systems record all these experiences that we have and if we don't have the tools to balance it out in the moment when we're experiencing those those dips and those traumas then we just start to act from those past experiences for everything you know Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like I have so much to say and now I don't even know where to continue, but it just really resonates (laughs) what you said. And, and I think there's also a fine line though, between, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're excited about something between like, just being like calmly excited versus, uh, resisting any excitement because of what you fear might be the outcome of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's like you were saying last night you kind of just allowed your nervous system to be in that relaxed state of receiving the the high energies of releasing a book right mm-hmm. um but I also didn't get the sense from you that you were like, no, I'm not going to be excited because excited. <laughs> <is bad." laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think there's one has to be careful because if you really resist, then that's also putting yourself into a fight flight mode. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, either that hyper arousal where it's like, basically that fight or flight or the freeze, which is a hypo arousal where you kind of numb yourself out. And it, and that's what Mike was talking about was I was explaining kind of having a similar conversation that you and I are having. And, and I told him how excited I'd get it. When I get excited, I was like, clench my fist. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I got this job or I got this, you know, I got this house or whatever. And I would get like physically would contract my body. That's what you were referring to. And when I told Mike, he was like, oh, actually I'm the opposite. And I'm kind of like, oh, cool. That's happening. And he would not like, he would numb out. Yeah. Like, cause it was so unbelievable. He was just like, oh, so it's interesting. And, and just inviting people who's ever, who's listening to see like, what is it you do when you get excited? Do you, do you have this, you know, expansiveness where you contract in a way that you're like you said resisting it or you numbing it out and I found for myself and maybe if you also are playing with this too I'd love to hear but I found for myself this week I didn't plan anything on my schedule so that I didn't feel any sort of stress I knew that the stress of excitement would be there but I didn't feel like I wanted to have that pressure of sending out emails or 
doing a social media post, a ever so perfect picture of me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm just going to do whatever flows and I'll unplug at some point of the day. And, and I got all these beautiful texts from people saying, congratulations, I ordered my book or whatever. And every time, like I just paused and I, like I took a breath and I really just received the text and like, oh, that's so nice. You know, that's so lovely. And I, like, I acknowledged it and I, I welcomed it uh, and just received it in a different way, like a softer, I would say a softer way. So yeah. yeah. Do you have, do you have anything that you acknowledge now that you're kind of shifting your nervous system to in that respect? Yeah. Um, you, you mean in terms of getting excited? Like the, yeah. 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 So what I've been doing lately is just gently celebrating myself. If, if there's something mm-hmm. that, that feels good that just happened or something that I accomplished. Um, but again, not in that like overly excited way of like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go out and, you know, get bottles of champagne with friends and <laughs> go crazy. <laughs> just you know little I'm picturing you (laughs) (laughs) like okay that's what it would look like awesome I know um but just I don't know like like little celebrations little acknowledgements whether it's um you know going and and getting like a a really delicious vegan sugar-free whatever chocolate cake or, or it can be a real a real cake too doesn't matter um or you know taking a luxurious bath the the day after accomplishing something big um or you know even just like a self hug like I have mm. I mean yeah I, I led that oh but you did that last night yeah. you did that last night because you were um so yeah you were leading the heart chakra and you gave up you had us and I, I've given myself a hug and I've instructed other people to give but I don't know there was something what you did last night I don't know if it was at the beginning but you had us like rub the arms yeah in, with our hands down to our hands and then maybe gave us a hug or maybe something between it felt so good it feels amazing and actually the the arm rubbing is so I'm not too familiar with this technique but I did learn about it a couple years ago it's called the havening technique um and basically it's a way to help regulate the nervous system and to Mm -hmm. get people who are overly anxious into a, a calmer state Uh, And Mm. the idea is that you, uh, you know, you cross your hands over opposite shoulders and then you just start to gently glide your hands down your biceps and then your forearms and then down to the wrists. And then you keep repeating this motion from the shoulders all the way down. And it feels like this gentle caress. And apparently Mm -hmm. that's extremely healing for the nervous system because that's what babies are accustomed to is is that gentle caress from the mother yeah. when they're crying when they're not feeling so good and it immediately soothes the body so mm. yeah that, that's why that's why I wanted to do that one last night um yeah but, but then from there it feels so natural to just go okay now I'm just gonna give myself a big hug you know yeah 
Yeah. I love that. I'm definitely stealing that because it felt so good. And um, it made me think, yeah, because I, I wrote a, a letter to peace and serenity in Dear Radiant One. And there's a moment where I'm remembering how I'd fall asleep with my mom reading a book and she would like rub my basically that but on my back and down my arm and like and so I would go to sleep and then I'd wake up and like no stop like keep going (laughs) yeah so so when we did it last night I was like oh yeah I could probably just do that for myself (laughs) totally Totally. who needs a mom or partner (laughs) yeah Yeah, but surprisingly because you know like whenever people are like, Oh, just give yourself a massage. It never feels the same, but, but this technique really does. I feel like it does stimulate the same internal chemistry that, that someone else caressing your arms would stimulate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, I think it might be the opposite arm, like crossing the body and having the hand I don't know, because I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll do my feet a little bit and I'll massage my feet. And it is, I don't know, I have to kind of sit with that because it definitely does have a different experience than like if I was rubbing my legs or my, my feet yeah, or even my lower back. But yeah, I have to kind of think that it has something to do with the crossing, I feel. I agree with you. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. anyway, I feel. Yeah, I don't know. And and also something about being over the heart center too. Maybe mm-hmm. that it's, just, yeah. it's, it's a sense of protection. Um yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar with Dawn Eden. Uh she's like no. an old school, amazing energy healer, has tons of books and courses and all of that. Um, but she okay. always talks about how important it is to do like crossover energies for the body. Oh, yeah. So that, that might be it as well. The fact that the arms are actually crossed over each other, that could be kind of balancing and like bringing the body back into alignment. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in yoga of like doing opposite, opposition, opposite arm and leg and to like help. Yeah. Regulate and bring balance. I love it. Um, Mm. so yeah so that was the question was how do you find like that place of expansion and we were calling it the emotion of joy but just this idea of expansion in general right like this expansive experience this exciting experience uh and this is one of the tools that you were saying is crossing the arms and giving yourself this little hug and then the back and and just these really just it sounds like I think you said you were just giving yourself gentle celebrations. Is that what you said? Yeah. Gentle celebrations and and self-acknowledgement, you know? Yeah. 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 And and gratitude Mm -hmm. is always helpful also. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. It's I, and I don't love this term, but I'm going to use it anyways. It feels like the more that we bring this gentle acknowledgement and gratitude and joy kind of, um, now I can't remember the term, like overcrowd, crowd out, oh, crowd out, crowd out the fear. Right. Right. It's like we had, we have bolstered ourselves with so many of these, you know, softer, more expansive, yet gentle openings of expansion that we've crowded out this fear of expansion, yes. this fear, this contraction state um, that, that we tend to go into when we're scared of that expansion. 
And yeah, yeah, I love that because, uh, yeah, Jean Marie, who, you know, and I just talked to her, so she's fresh on my mind today, but she would always talk about in our yoga classes that, and her book, Vibathon, of how expansion and anxiety feel the same in your body. And, and that's really what we're talking about today is the nervous system, right? Like our body is just like, oh my God, I'm going into a place that I don't know. And so you can look at it as like, oh yeah, I'm going to a place I don't know because I'm expanding or I'm going to a place I don't know and I'm going to die or I'm going to something bad's going to happen, right? And so we go into that contractive space to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, something she's been saying to me for, I don't know, 15, 20 years and I've been teaching it too, but I don't know, something has been clicking on a really, really deep level mm-hmm. uh, for me. And it sounds like for you too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it makes a lot of sense. There's this um, quote that came to mind. I don't even know who said it, like the Buddha or so, I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's something along the lines of um, if you're, if you're experiencing anxiety, it's because you're focusing all your energy on the future. If you're experiencing depression, it's because you're focusing mm. all your energy on the past. Right. Um, yeah. But, but that, that idea of um, anxiety and expansion being very similar energies, that's, it, it, yeah, it totally resonates what, what you said about that, um, because it is really the unknown. It's like, you know, future oriented, like, I don't know what's about to happen. And so it, it's like you're at the edge of a cliff, like, it, is there going to be something there that's amazing and, you know, going to. Yeah you know, be safe for me, or am I just going to drop off the end of the cliff? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's again, going back to our little nanny babies. (laughs) Like, which one do you want to be in the womb? Are you going to be like fun and curious or just be like, no, nothing's going to happen. Or if it does, it's going to be shit. Like, I want to be that baby who's like, let's go jump off the cliff and see what happens. Let's see what mom looks like. (laughs) What's she doing out there? exactly you know when you were talking about the the mammy babies um I had this thought because I think that's the name hold on I think that's the name of this episode we'll tell Leah we'll tell Leah yeah mammy babies I I hope my friend now listens to this and and laughs and hope hope she doesn't think we're her. no we absolutely love you we love you love you love you um but you were saying um, how you have had that experience in a breathwork session of just mm. being in that like womb space and that complete unknown and yeah, not knowing what's on the other side, but kind of experiencing that almost like that zero point energy. And mm. I, I was thinking that that has happened to me in a float tank. Have you ever been oh, in a float tank? I haven't, but tell me more. I mean, I've heard others, but I want to hear your experience. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I do it quite frequently, but I remember okay. the first couple of times I went into one. So so for anyone who doesn't know, it's sensory deprivation. So you basically go into either a pod or a chamber, and then there is just like about 10 inches of water uh, it, it's like a tub almost, um, and with thousands of 
pounds of magnesium. So you're actually floating mm. on the surface of the water. And it's yeah. very healing for all sorts of things. Um, but an aspect of it is that you are completely in the darkness. So there's no light, there's no sound. It's just you hearing your heartbeat and floating in, in this water and, you know, you can't see anything. So you start to feel like you're in the womb. I mean, at least that's mm. the experience that I had the first few times of doing it because I had mm. never felt so weightless and so I don't know. It was, it was a really profound experience. Um, but, but that is, I was just mentioning this now because that experience you, you shared about doing the breath work and feeling that womb and that unknown and, Oh, let's, let's go see what's on the other side. That's totally what I felt when I did the float tank. And, and mm -hmm. I think it's that, that like zero point field that you tap into you know, that where, where you become, I think Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot. You become no one, no thing, nowhere. You're just like this point of consciousness all of a sudden. And it, it's actually amazing. Like you can create anything from that point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you wanted to, to hop in. Well, I have a question because yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, that sounds quite expansive and interesting. And, mm. but then I'm also thinking, do you have, did you ever have anxiety? Did you have fear of like, Oh wait, is this it? Wait, did I just go like back into the loop? Like, <laughs> am I no longer existing? Cause I often, I've, I've never been in that experience, but I have had many times where I'm like, am I just fading away? Am I not existing anymore? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really so good. I'm wondering I, I if you've had any of that. Yeah, I, I think like the ego, that's ego, basically holding on to this life, right? It's totally ego. I, I did feel so when I was fully, fully in it, and it's the same thing when you get into that zone and that like, special point in meditation, right, where you're just fully in it, mm -hmm. and you're, you have no thoughts, and you just feel light and expansive. So I so in the tank, when I was in the zone, I didn't feel that at all. But the second thought started coming in, that's when it got a little bit scary. Like, whoa, where am I? What am I doing? It, yeah, it, it took a minute to get back into my body, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you're saying like when it was time to come out of it or? Hold yeah. On. So, so when I, because you know, when you're in the zone, like in a meditation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point yeah. where you kind of a thought comes in and you kind of lose that that space, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. the same thing happened at one point while I was in the tank where at first I felt like I was in the womb floating and feeling completely at one with everything. But mm -hmm. then a thought mm -hmm. came in and that kind of jolted me out of it. And and yeah. your question was, did you have that any moment of fear around that? And yes, yes I, would, okay. I would say yes for sure when when the thoughts started to come back in. Yeah. Got it. So I love that. So you're basically saying like you dropped into it so quickly, like your your soul or whatever word we want to call it, like something new that this was safe. This is where you belong. This is your one. You are one point of consciousness. But then it was like, wait a second, what about me? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 where am I? Like little ego. I see like little ego being like, da, 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 da. 
So you were able to drop down so quickly, but then that came in. It wasn't the reverse, like, cause I was thinking maybe it would be at first, like, oh my God, the lights are out. Oh my God, I don't feel my body. Like I would yeah. think that for most people would be the reverse where they're kind of going through these, you know, neuroses and then they can drop down into like peel away those layers. But I love that you had that experience almost like the reverse of it. Yeah. I mean, now that you're saying that though, the very first time I entered a pod, yeah, of course there was a little bit of anxiety because you know, am I going to get stuck in here? There, I can't see anything. <laughs> How do I get out of here? Where, <laughs> where, where are the buttons? You know, you just, you kind of have yeah. to worry at yourself and there are buttons on the side and there's like an emergency one if you need someone to come get you out of there. Oh, good. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's worried about that. Yeah. That's <laughs> I would yeah. just feel like, of course, I'm in the one that like has a malfunctioning. <laughs> it's like soundproof and I'm screaming and nobody knows that it's I'm locked in. And yeah, I'm all pruney. <laughs> exactly. Hours go by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I don't even okay. know how we got onto this oh because of the the meme thing the yeah. boom yeah meme meme baby um yeah and you know we were talking about breath work yeah. and I was just as you were speaking about it I was thinking about that time that we met we met at a breath work facilitator training and we were in this um what are they called those domes mm-hmm. They called a dome. Yeah, geodome. Yeah. And we were in this beautiful space with all these women. And that's where one of the breathwork experiences I had where I was experiencing like being in the womb again or or being the womb. I can't remember. Maybe it was both. But I was thinking, like when you were speaking, I was like, we were in that. It was it was the summer of 2019. I felt, I don't know about you, but I felt that energy that summer. And when our group came together, there's so many of us who were in this big transition in life. Like we were a lot, there were so many of us who were nomadic at that time or just gave up our home or traveling, didn't know where we were going. And we were all just in this kind of like the babies, like in this unknown. And it was very exciting. And I'm just thinking of us all like being the geodome as our little room and breathing together. And stepping out into the unknown. And then here we go, you know, not even six months later, we're in the pandemic. And so many of us who were nomadic, all of a sudden, we're like, wherever you are, that's where you are. And um, it's actually kind of beautiful that we were, we had that experience. I felt like the timing was so divine for so many of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I could even feel during that training, some like, some anticipation energy, like something weird feels like it's going to happen or there was some strings and yeah, total mystery. And, and I, I moved, I was living, um, in Canada at the time for about a year when we, when we did our training. And then I made the decision to move back to New York, like two weeks before the pandemic hit which is just so ironic, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, New York was the epicenter. Um, So yeah, just, just interesting times, but I could definitely, I I feel like I was feeling this coming for us all. Like I I didn't have any predictive sensations, but um, something felt like it was shifting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I, I felt it too. I felt it too. when I gave up my apartment a few months before I met you and I was traveling around and I did, I felt like there was this big question mark of the unknown and it wasn't just me. It was this collective energy. And then here it was the pandemic and Jean Marie and I were talking about that today of we're feeling like that shift is happening again, because here we are all going into finding our way back to normal with the pandemic. And you and I actually joked because I was with you the week that California lifted all their restrictions on masks and and vaccines and everything and New York too, because I had just been to New York and it was this really surreal experience. And it was also when there was these murmurs, I don't know if we had got, if, if Russia had gone into Ukraine, but there was the talk of, and you and I talked about like, I feel like maybe they were just saying like, screw it world. Uh, Just go back. (laughs) COVID's not really that big of a deal. Uh, just go back to normal, have some fun, because we don't know how long we're going to last here. Right. But there, there feels like this energy again, of even though we're going back to something that feels like normal, mm-hmm. it's not. And there's this big energy shifting again. And Absolutely. just to come back to like our, he, our talk today is fear and the unknown and, and, and this place of expansion and having this joy, despite all of that, that fear of the unknown, what is happening on the outside to really go and have fun and, and experience that joy for yourself and with your loved ones. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think that we, we are creating the new earth right now. And mm-hmm. I think there is, there was no normal to begin with, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, true. I agree with you. Society was totally, yeah, I, I don't know. It, totally it, backwards. Yeah. Totally backwards. And, and so now I think the blessing of all of these things in the past two years is that we have the ability to recreate ourselves and create a new reality and a new earth. And and I think a lot of people are on board for that. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're done with the fear and the the clinging on to the heaviness and yeah, they they just want to, to start or, or see a world where we're all just connected and um, inspiring each other and being innovative together and um, you know community oriented all of that I I truly think that's what's coming for us now Um, Mm -hmm. so this is going to be like the amazing new normal (laughs) yeah yeah I completely feel that and when you're when you're saying that I just of course I think of my nomad of our nomad the nomad collective because that is what we're creating together is the sense of community and all, having so many of us around in different parts of the country and the world and, and coming and creating a new earth, you know, in our little corner of the world. Yeah. And I think that we need more of that. And we're going to see a lot more of that, of these different communities that are saying, you know what, we're having joy in our pocket of the world. Yeah. No matter what is happening out there, like we're standing by and I'm just, seeing that wait, that image that you said, the beacon of light, like all of us being these beacons of light, but they're all coming together to make a bigger light, right? Or, or like lights all around the world and we're holding hands and connecting all of our lights around the world. It's really powerful and beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I just got chills as you said that. 
Yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that we're doing great things and yeah. Nate wants us to continue to do what we do. So yeah. yeah. Is there anything as we're kind of wrapping maybe up a little bit or we have other places to go we can, but is there anywhere else you want to go today in our conversation? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we kind of went a little bit all over <laughs> and, and sort of wove around. Space in between. Exactly. <laughs> we wove around the theme of fear. Um, I, yeah, it's one thing that's just coming up now. So I, I guess I'll share it is um, Bruce Lipton, who okay. many people are familiar with. I don't know if you know him or know of him. A little bit, yeah. Um, but he's a cell biologist and he always talks about uh, how, like he's done many experiments where he sees that the environment is what impacts the cells in a Petri dish, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so he talks a lot about how particularly the energies of fear and, and the chemicals that are produced by the emotion of fear um, put the body into a state where it, it just completely shuts down and you actually can't heal from that place and you can't regenerate parts of your body from that place. So it is so, so important, especially with what's going on these days, to try to stay out of fear as much as possible and, and not in like an artificial way, but to just remember that, that feeding too much into the fear energy is actually just making the body or giving the body a really hard time um, to rebalance itself. So yeah, he, I mean, if anyone wants to check out Bruce Lipson, his work is amazing, but it, it really goes to show that our thoughts create our physical realities, our bodies, mm -hmm. and what we're experiencing in our environments around us. So if we start to shift away from that fear perspective and, and go more towards finding the, the joys and things and, and filling up your cup in that way, um, then, then we can actually feel more whole within ourselves and in our physical bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I, you know, something that I share in the, in the training for Movement 109 too, is this idea of, of clamping down. Mm -hmm. And because what happens, you know, to take that, what you just said a little bit further into the body is that, yeah, when we experience fear, we release certain stress chemicals that are flooding our system. And basically, yeah, what you said, enable us to heal. And what we can do is we can, like you said, kind of create a world where we're not immersed in it or having these thoughts, but we can also give it expression. So, and this is something that I share in the training is like when dogs go through, like, and we're, I was talking more specific in the emotion of anger, but like when dogs get in a fight, right, they like wrestle around and then, you know, they break, you know, humans break them up. And then what they usually do is they go over and they pee on something. Mm. And there's a little bit of something of them marking their territory, but it's also because what just happened was they went into fight mode, right? And so those chemicals went into their body, the, the adrenaline, I don't know if dogs have adrenaline, but whatever the equivalent is to get them into that fight mode. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know their anatomy, but yeah, but essentially those stress hormones for them to fight, right? And then they, what happens to the urine is they release it. They shake out, right? You also see them shake out. And as humans, we've been conditioned not to give our emotions expression, right? We clamp down. We hear, you know, I'm scared or I'm angry or whatever. As parents, they're just like, oh, just be a good kid. Like clamp down, just hold it all in. And, and, and you can think of um, like the other thing that I talk about in the training is like, for instance, if you get cut off in traffic, and I know you have, because you and I actually in the car together a couple of times when this happened in LA, right? Where somebody would just like cut off and then you, like you responded and, and I did too, but our bodies, like they contracted, but we didn't really give it a full expression, right? The adrenaline was released and our bodies still clamped down to a certain extent because we're in a car. But really what we should have done, like as soon as we got out of the car is like shake it out, go to the bathroom because to release those chemicals in our body. And so that'll, that's something that I'll offer to the world too, is like, give, give the fear. If it does come through you expression to release it, let the sweat come, let the urine come, like go, yeah, do whatever you need to do to release it through the body. Absolutely. And especially the shaking, at least for me, that's been the perspective. especially when I'm having bouts of anxiety or just a lot of fear Mm. thoughts coming up, shaking the body, like in Qigong, they do this a lot and it's, it's move out that energy, right? It's like that charge. That's a little too much for the body to handle and you shake it out. It it feels amazing too. So it does. It totally does. Yeah. We did a little bit with Ashley last night. We did the stomping and I felt like, Oh yeah. I didn't know there was some stuff stuck in there, you know, like, ah, I felt so good last night. So yeah. For, yeah. For people who are like, Oh, I'll just not watch the news. Well, it might still unconsciously, you might still feel that fear. So give yourself that grace to shake it out and like express it in some way. So thank you for, for, uh, bringing in Bruce Lipton yeah. to talk about that <laughs> a little takeaway for people. Is, it, sorry. No, I just said to shake it out. Like give it, oh. yeah, give it expression. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I was just going to say for some reason at the end, when you asked me if there's anything else I wanted to share, I had this image of him pop up mm. <laughs> smiley face. And so I just wanted to share that. And <laughs> I, I didn't go deep into the science of it at all, but, um, but yeah, I'm glad that it led us to that what you were just sharing about the shaking and the expression of the fear to release it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It starts at the cell at the cellular level, as you said. Um, the, the last thing that I want to touch on, we sort of drove by it a little bit was this doing versus being. Mm. And that's where we started the conversation today. Cause we were talking about like specifically women in this doing mode and, and fighting our way. And and now we're now shifting to this being. And what I've also been thinking, you know, from a couple of conversations with you and with other women recently, but also collectively, men too, and anybody who, whoever, whatever you identify yourself as, I think just collectively, we've been in this like doing state. And I think that that has some fear, right? Like we don't trust our environment. So we're going to have control and we're going to make things happen. And we're going to go into that fight for this to be seen, to be heard, to, and it's, we don't actually trust ourselves. We don't trust our environment and trust comes from the lack of, right. The the lack of trust is really fear, right. 
Um, and so this shift to being um, yeah. is more of that parasympathetic, right? That rest and digest where you can, like you said, repair and heal. And it's so hard to do. I mean, <laughs> I, I will speak very honestly about this, that it, it's really hard for me to just be and not push myself to do. And, you know, especially if you're like more type A perfectionist, you feel like you constantly <laughs> need to be doing. And what happened to me was that I pushed myself so much in the doing that my body mm said enough no more now you have no choice but to be and mm. <laughs> that was um yeah, yeah that was it's quite shocking to have to experience it that way but I do think that's what happens to a lot of us is that we just do 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 and push ourselves so much that the universe sends us a very clear message in some way basically saying, now you just have to be, now you just have to go to the way you're naturally supposed to be and, yeah. and see what happens. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's very challenging though. Yeah. Yeah. When you just said that, I was thinking that was my thought when we went into the lockdown two years ago of, Oh, the universe just wants us all to chill the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I'm wondering, Coco, do you think that we did a good job? Like, did we, did we shift to being or did we still? Yeah. I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> I think we're still figuring that out. I mean, I think the fact that we went from, you know, immediately within a few days, everyone was on zoom and it became, right. you know, 10 hour long days now because you're on zoom. So you're, you're from home and like, you know, you don't have to commute. So now it's actually more work and right. people are, are trying to get your attention even more. Cause you're just a, a text away. Like, I know you're home, right? Yeah. I know you're at home. Yeah. Exactly. And I felt, and I feel so badly for like you and I are single, but and we don't have kids, but like the, the parents who all of a sudden their kids were at home. So they were home school or school. I don't remember what the term was school at home with, with their jobs too. And it actually became even more chaotic for some people. But exactly. um, I feel like there was some sort of lesson there. Like what you were saying that universe gave to you, like you're doing too much. I'm going to put you in a state of being. Yeah. And I feel that we were supposed to, we were, that was somewhat of the message we were, we're supposed to get two um, years ago. Absolutely. And, and I do think that a lot of people did have a transformation from that experience. Maybe not at the beginning. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's yeah. the same here. And, and the yeah, beginning yeah. was very anxiety inducing for sure. Um, yeah. But I think ultimately more and more people as time went on, they were like, okay, something's got to change internally because, you know, this is where we're at. And so I'm just going to go within and, and start to allow myself to just be a little more. So I, I've definitely had conversations with a lot of people who have had similar experiences to ones you and I had. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's the majority. I'd like to think that's the majority is that a lot of people questioned, you know, how their life was and it was not working that paradigm shift that we, we talked about earlier of, okay, we need to reassess some things and shift from this 
overdoing to maybe just doing yeah. <laughs> right like I'm still gonna I'm not just gonna be a full-on passive receptive state of being but I'm gonna just dial it down to doing a few levels yeah awesome. mm. okay I'm glad we touched on that yeah I like want to ask you about that um anything else I don't know I I think yeah, I don't know. Is there? I feel like you have another another point or a question that you wanted to. Bring I have up. another. I have a. I have another question for you. It just came to me because we here we are sitting about talking about fear and really it's just of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So, what are you envisioning for yourself um, in the coming few months? Mm-hmm. So this will air in mid April. So, what are you envisioning for yourself in this great unknown of the next? We won't make it like so vast. We'll just say in the next few months. I love that. Um, you, you just mean in terms of my personal life or? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, wherever you want it, however you want to interpret it. Okay. Um, well, I, I do envision and I feel expansion coming e- even more so. I, I think that for me personally, my move out here started that expansion um, and it was kind of like a, a decision that I made that said to the universe, okay, I I'm ready to just go big with this. Um, mm-hmm. and so I definitely feel like that is, that is keeping, or it's continuing to grow for the next few months, um, in, in every area, you know, not just, um, not just like personal growth, but career, um, collaborating. I feel like I'm doing so many amazing collaborations with people such as you. Right. Um, and yeah, that I'm getting inspirations for, for different projects and, um, yeah, so some interesting ideas, um, expansion also in terms of how I feel physically, you know, cause the, the past few years, they were a deep healing journey for me. And I I feel like my body is still kind of recalibrating from that. So I I feel this new strength coming in. Um, Yeah, I I feel that I'm about to meet even more amazing people, you know, from from all different sorts of communities. Um, Yeah, abundance. <laughs> let's call that in as well some abundance okay, call it in yeah 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 I don't know good question Phoebe I just I guess I'm giving you more of like a general sense absolutely and rather than like actual you know no that's in but that's the unknown right like you can have this sense like we're the we're you and I are the two uh mame babies right now <laughs> talking about what's out there the next couple of months we don't really know but you're sensing it you're feeling that yeah Yeah. um I yeah I feel I feel very much the same as you you know I feel I feel like there's something big for all of us for me personally too I feel like I had on a piece of paper the other day like all the things that I do and what I offer the the world and I was like, whoa, because I have, like, I do have such big visions for myself, but then all the people that I love and I want them to always like be a part of it. And I'm like, holy crap, like this could be huge. And, you know, last night I was crying a bit when I sat 
I saw you and the other Movement 109 facilitators graduate and how beautiful everybody was. And like, yeah, we have the structure and form of what we call Movement 109, but you all bring such beautiful, um, authentic voices to it and your own gifts and, and, you know, all the other experiences, like you said, you shared the experience with something else, another practice. And it's just like, that's what I want it to be. It's not just this thing that's trademarked and it has the structure that everybody follows the rules because this is the new paradigm, right? This is the new paradigm where it's a collective experience. And I was just envisioning Lily and her studio in Singapore with this Movement 109 experience and you in California. And I was like, this is expanding. Oh my gosh. And I did, right? Like I was in doing state, but I really had to lean back and be and trust you all, like trust myself to give you what I needed to give you as the guide, but then to trust that you all are going to take it and in that container that we were in, but then however you were going to utilize it in the world and be of service. So Mm -hmm. uh, that last night, like, I feel like this is such a big week and my birthday is on Sunday. um, And I feel like, yay. (laughs) I feel like, oh my God, like that happened last night and the book is out and my graduates for the yoga teacher training are graduating Saturday. And I feel like all these beautiful things that like they were little seeds that I gave it like watered them and brought my friends involved and all these other people that oh wow like if this is it then this is pretty amazing (laughs) even just that but I think that it's going to really expand so just echoing yeah echoing what you said I just feel so hopeful and and not even like uh Alexander John Shai, who I study with, he says not to use the word hope. Um, I wish that I remembered the word that he wanted us to prefer, he preferred us to use, but, but hope, like there's like a longing to it, he was saying. Yeah. Um, there's like a, like reaching outside of yourself and hoping for the best, right? Right. Um, and it also has like a little bit of a, a doubt to it, you know, mm-hmm. like, I hope it works out. There's a doubt there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a doubt there. So I'll have to go back and listen to what he said to use instead, but I just totally trust in my bones that this expansion that you are going through, like I'm, I've been witnessing your own personal expansion and also like you in, in communities that we're in together, the expansion of our, our own little communities and, and expansion of the collective. I just feel so not hope, but something that's better than that. I just trust it. (laughs) um I totally trust it I feel it it feels so good and I'm so grateful that you're on this journey and whoever's listening to us they're on this journey too um even if you don't feel it in your bones out there listening to us you are part of it and you yeah it'll seep into your bones too at some point but yeah, thank you, Coco. Oh, thank you so much, Phoebe. I'm so grateful, first of all, to just be your friend. <laughs> and then also <laughs> to be collaborating with you and to have just graduated from facilitator training. And um, yeah, just really grateful to be part of your community. And And as you were talking just now for this last bit, I had this image of this really colorful quilt and each patch was like this vibrant, completely different thing going on, you know, so, but, but it all comes together so beautifully and it's like, 
you know, woven together all these patches. And I, I just, for some reason, that visual came up so strongly when you were talking about everyone in community and, and being, um, being themselves and being really unique, but also coming together and contributing their unique qualities to this big, beautiful quilt. <laughs> so, mm. so yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, and it's not my community, it's our community. Right. Sorry, our community. <laughs> Correction, take that while. Our community. Uh, yeah, I love that. I got chills when you said the quote. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so grateful for you also for being my friend, but also, you know, you helped me. You were so big a part of my healing journey. And, and I hope that you are okay with me sharing this, but the first chapter or the introduction of my book is you are my healer that I'm talking to. Yeah. And that was such a huge session for me um, that helped me, you know, kind of steer me in my own healing, but also the, the book, like that was the first chapter that I wrote, like, okay, we're going to do this now. So thank you for that being my healer um, and just being that seed for me and, and all that you're doing for so many other people out in the world and being a part of Nomad. Thank I'm so grateful. And, I, yeah. I feel honored. Thank you. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And for those um, who are listening and they are curious about body talk and they want to experience you and all the fabulousness, you, they can definitely find you at the Nomad Collective, but where else can they find you? So at this point, I'm, I'm not a, a social media person and, and you know, my, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll probably end up having some form of social media at some point, but at this point, my website will do. <laughs> so okay. it's innerthrivewellness.com. So you want me to spell it out? Is that? We'll put it in the show notes, but okay. yeah, I mean, you can spell it out if so you want. Inner, like inner thrive. Yeah. Fly, yeah. um, T H R I V E, and then the word wellness.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. And um, yeah, you know what? You don't have to do social media, girl. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah. You don't have to play the game. Okay. People okay. will find you. The right people will find you. And that's that's really what I want Nomad to be is like us create our own. Yeah. social media I mean you know my my bigger idea that I'm where we're going eventually is is so that we don't need to have the other social media that feels like you have to play a game and yeah like they can just go and say this is where I, I want to work with this side or I want to connect with these people in this like-minded community and and they find you and and that's where they'll find you and, and be with you and yeah Absolutely. so yeah we'll work on it we're working on that awesome. so you don't have to go into social media yeah <laughs> great <laughs> you'll save me from that thank you <laughs> yeah we're saving we're saving us all from that so yeah. well, all right all yeah. right thank you coco thank you so much sending you lots of love and i hope that you're oh what time is it over there it's a little later than me so hope you enjoy your afternoon thank and you Thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a pleasure to be with Coco and you. I definitely enjoyed our conversation. And if you did too, I invite you now to support this beautiful podcast and conversation by subscribing to Nomads, The Space In Between. 
and share this episode with somebody you feel would resonate and needs a little bit of encouragement in that space of fear. Go ahead and review this podcast or subscribe to it, as I said before, or you could even donate. Donate at $11 a month will keep us ad-free, so there are no interruptions. You get the good, hard, raw conversations that we have here ad-free. And you also get special invites to our free events. We have about three events every month that we invite to our supporters. So you can come meet us in in the virtual world and get to know a little bit more about you. So if that resonates with you, I encourage you to go visit thenomadcollective.org where you can donate, you can become a supporter. And there are lots of other fun things happening at Nomadland. You can join our membership where you get lots of other perks while supporting this podcast and even supporting the communities and organizations that we feel aligned with. So this month, we are, for our members who are our scholar members, uh, we are using their membership. We're donating proceeds to organizations that we feel aligned with. So this month in April, we're giving some of our proceeds to Tribe. We teach resilience, increase balance, and endurance. They are the beautiful nonprofit company that works with Nomad, where we offer the tools of yoga to the military, specifically active duty community. And we have other organizations that we'll be announcing where we're donating every month to, again, organizations that are doing beautiful things in the world that we want to support and help them grow to. So if you feel aligned with supporting our Nomad, yourself, and your own, your own journey of transformation, and while helping others, help the world, go ahead and sign up for the Nomad Collective membership, the Scholars membership. All right, my friends, have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for being with us.